0: Hello, everyone, and welcome in to episode number, I believe this is 28. I'm your host, Bree, at Bree's Clee, and I'm joined by my fellow ladies. I've got Brittany Mollis at Bird's Eye View. Hi, Britt. Welcome to hello, the show. Hello, hello, hello. And Meredith is back with us again at MK on Sports. Hi, Mayor. Hello. Well, ladies, um, it's Tuesday, and it's already been quite the week. We have decided to name this episode the one where we go off. Uh, Because we all have a lot of things that we want to obviously come clean on, on the show. Um, This is our podcast and it's our therapy session, weekly therapy session. So fresh in our minds, we want to kick off the show. Um, NBA is top of mind. Cavs specifically, the lottery just happened and the Cavs ended up with pick number three in the draft And we want to touch on the Cavs a bit because Cavs Twitter is a space that started to heat up over the last couple of days, uh, knowing that we were heading into the draft lottery and also coming off of the 76ers, tough game seven loss and a lot of Ben Simmons chatter. And I noticed a few people that I follow started having conversations about Ben Simmons potentially being a Cavalier, would the team make a trade for him? How would he fit in? And I'm going to kick this over to our resident Cavs um, insider, Miss Brittany Mollis, our our passionate fan and insider. Uh, Brittany, I am really curious to know your thoughts. What is happening in the Cavs Twitter world? And specifically, what is the infatuation with Ben Simmons?
1: I have no idea. Like everyone watched the same game, right? Yeah. He wasn't playing in the last few minutes because he's a liability. Let me tell you, let's see the last one, two, three, three games, June 16th versus Atlanta. He scored eight points, 18 June 18. He scored six points. June 20th. He scored five points. Now it seems that Cleveland fans have this sickness. Where they need to insert themselves in everything. <laughs> so when you watch this playoff game and you see that Ben Simmons clearly has offensive struggles, like this guy just collapses at the free throw line. Yeah. He can't shoot. Like you said, he's a liability. So then Cavs fans, how great. can we get Ben Simmons <laughs> on our team? <laughs> because, and, and let me tell you th- their logic. And, I'm not even saying that Ben Simmons is a bad player. He's not a bad player. Like, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the moment and, you know, we judge people based on what just happened. Now, Ben yeah. Simmons is a much better player than that the series has showed. I think everyone can agree on that. But when you see him blow it, catastrophically the way he did. And then you say you question, man, how could Dan Gilbert and Kobe Altman get this guy on our team? Like that's what happened and I wasn't expecting it. And I should, I should have been, I should have been because I know Cleveland fans and this is what they do. They see something and you know, they can't help them. They, they fall over themselves to try and get in the conversation. This shouldn't even be a conversation that's had, but for some reason people are like, well, Ben Simmons needs to move on from Philadelphia. He needs a change of scenery. It's time for him to go elsewhere. And then Cavs fans are like, yeah, we want to sign up for this. That means, you know, getting rid of, of pieces. And of course, let me, can I just tell you what happened the other day? Of course. So I was working, I work from home and I'm sitting at my computer and I always turn on uh, ESPN 850 uh, to listen to Danny. I was going to bring this up if you didn't. <laughs> so I was sitting there and, you know, do, 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 just typing away, do write my copy <laughs> it all, yeah Danny's on yay this dude goes on for 32 minutes wait did you start did you start a timer and I just I I couldn't I couldn't work anymore (laughs) I was listening to the love of my life betray my son for 32 minutes straight and I was just like holy crap is this the man that I love is he doing this to me right now And he was for that long. I don't even think he he took a breath while he was doing it. Was there a commercial break anywhere in there? I don't don't remember. I think I blacked out (laughs) because I was just so hurt by this assault on my heart. And I texted him. I was like, what are you doing? (laughs) Who who do you think you are, sir? (laughs) Talking about how the Cavs should trade for Ben Simmons and... Colin Sexton's ceiling is uh, Lou Williams, six man. That's the And I'm just like, holy crap. Do I even know this guy anymore? Dude, are we still <laughs> dating? So are Danny? you? I've never met this guy going on this rant, but he's not alone in this. Now granted his co-host, his co-host disagreed with him. And you know, when I asked him, I was like, Danny, what was that about? He's like, I didn't think that Chris would disagree with me on I was like, excuse me, of course (laughs) he would. There's a lot of people that would because here's my problem with the whole situation. People want to package Colin Sexton and Kevin Love and send him to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons, which I'm all for sending. I understand that you have to package something with Kevin Love because nobody's just going to take Kevin Love outright. Kevin Love straight up. First of all, can you imagine how pissed off Kevin Love would be? Cause it doesn't seem like him and Colin Sexton like each other too much. Yeah. Yeah. And then if he got packaged with Colin Sexton to start a new journey over in Philadelphia, <laughs> Oh my God, that would be the worst case for him. But you know, I understand that the Cavs do, if they can, they, they need to, to send Kevin Love somewhere and get, get whatever you can for him, but trading away your best player, your only, you know, he's the only person on the team that scores consistently he's it Mm -hmm. like he's your leading scorer and you cannot like the guy you can question his ceiling you could question the role on the team but right now he is your best player and just you have to accept that and I'm not saying that's going to be how it is in the future because it looks like you know the Cavs are going to draft another guard either Jalen Suggs or Jalen Green and that's cool you know if they decide that Colin Sexton's best role if his best fit for the Cavs in order to make the Cavs the best that they can be. If that turns out being six, man. Okay. I'm not going to argue. I will accept that fully because I want the calves to be good, but I want them to be good with Colin Sexton on the team. I don't want them to be good with Ben Simmons on the team in place of Colin Sexton. That's my nightmare. So no to Ben Simmons. I'm out. And anyone that wants Ben Simmons, I, I question you. I question your sanity. It, like,
0: correct me if I'm wrong, but in his first, first or second season, wasn't, weren't people drawing a very early comparison to LeBron? Like, didn't LeBron himself, like say young
1: King or print called him Prince or something? That probably sounds right. I, yeah. The expectations are high and there's like, he's going to improve. He's going to get better. I don't doubt that. But like right now, that's not what we need.
0: I just feel like for him, the storyline is pretty consistent every single off season where it's like, he's going to improve his shooting, right? Because that's his biggest knock. He can't shoot. Uh-huh. He can't make free throws, which honestly, I find it so wild how professional NBA players, they make it to this level and cannot make a free, Free shot where no one is guarding them. No one is in their face. You're at a line. I understand there's a mental aspect and I understand too, it probably almost when you get to that level and and the size of their hands and the, my dad and I have talked about this before, but like, it's almost unnatural to just be standing there and shooting, Mm -hmm. like with what they're used to doing um, so there's a little bit of that, but like I do just find it so wild. It's like literally should be the easiest shot that they should be
1: able to make. And he yes. can't do it.
0: Yes. And then you become and, a liability
1: at right. the end and of the, the day. Like, well, you know, Colin Sex will never get them to the playoffs. Ben Simmons will get them to the playoffs. So, okay, that's fine, but then what? Then he just collapses and falls into the background and becomes a liability. Play. he's not
0: even like how can he help his team win if right. he's not actually playing?
1: Yes. So I don't know, like that, that whole thing. I hope that whole idea sort of goes to the side. I'm sure it won't, you know, uh, right before the, the drafts or the lottery started tonight, I don't know if you guys saw this, but someone, on the Cavs leaked to to Woj that the Cavs would be interested in trading a high pick for a veteran and I'm mm-hmm. just like to speed up the rebuild or, you know, whatever. Number one, why would you leak that? Like, what does it benefit you yeah. to leak that information? Secondly, we don't need more veterans. <laughs> stop! <laughs> don't you see what that does to this team? Bring it up make, trying to mix veterans yeah. with a rebuilding. It just we we see it over and over again. It's not working. Just stop but, doing it. You need to draft well, pull your pieces together, and just like you know. Plan for a future with this young core. You don't need, you know, 32 year old or whatever, 32, 33 year old Kevin Love hanging around messing up your chemistry. You don't need to bring in these veterans. Like, just build. This is the only chance the Cavs have to be good is to build through a draft. That's it. Because you're not going to attract veterans here. The veteran, if you do, you think they want to play in Cleveland with a bunch of young guys? You think that, that it, an all star is going to want to come to Cleveland? To- to go through a rebuilding process. You think that's going to be good for their psyche? Oh, keep them out of here. Go young. So I think I
2: know patient zero for the Ben Simmons conversation. Um, And I'm not going to like name names because I don't know any specific names, but the narrative surrounding the Cavs, both on the local level and the national level is that the Cavaliers don't have a superstar that Colin Sexton doesn't have superstar potential. Darius Garland, maybe Jared Allen is your closest thing and he's not a superstar. And you look at all of the teams in the playoffs and they all have a superstar on the team. So I think that storyline, that opinion, that take that has been circling the Cavaliers for the past, I don't know, I think I've been hearing it for at least six months. I think that's probably where the patient zero of wanting Ben Simmons comes from it's Cavs fans who kind of internalize that idea, whether they realize it or not. And then say, Oh, Ben Simmons is a superstar. He wants out of Philadelphia. Philadelphia's out of the playoffs. Hey guys, let's go for it. Right. So I think that's where that comes from. And as for Colin Sexton, my biggest issue with him, and I'm not saying trade him because I don't think that's the answer. Um, a lot of his, when you look at just the box score, a lot of his, he, he's a high scorer, sure, but a lot of his points come during garbage time. So it's like,
1: mm, like but when most the Cavs of are. The season's garbage time right now. Like if he's, <laughs> he's, he's... <laughs> every when game Colin is a Sexton, garbage yeah. game. When, okay, I'm not saying, like, you know, I love Colin Sexton, but like when he's your best player, there, there is a problem. Like he's not. I've always felt bad for him because I felt like he, they put him in a position to sort of save this team. Oh gosh. Is he like Deshaun Kaiser? Right. (laughs) (laughs) I
0: I mean, that. sorry. I did not mean like those were two of your favorites, but like, that's kind of how I felt like Deshaun Kaiser was put in a spot that he was like, he was not ready for that at that moment.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely not. Deshaun Kaiser was never ready for that moment, but I think, you know, when LeBron left, and you know they traded Kyrie, um, Dan Gilbert sort of latched on to Colin Sexton, and he's like, "This is the guy," because you know you see him; he works so hard, he and he hard tries worker. so hard, and like basketball is this kid's life. Like, and and he sort of became Dan Gilbert's little darling, and that put all kinds of pressure on him to be Kyrie Irving, to save this organization, to be something, and you know he has his limits number his his size alone is a limit you know he's a he's a shooting guard that's six one maybe so you put all this pressure on this guy who's just not built for it and he tries he gets better every year he gets better but you know so like most of his points come in garbage time that's what the cast season is <laughs> lately it, it's all garbage time because they they can't get it together Once they have it together and they could start figuring out who fits, where and what the roles are, you know, they're going to be better this, after this draft, they're going to be better. Assuming they don't do something terribly stupid, like trade it. Because if you get that three or four pick, if you get either one of the Jalen's or Evan Mosley, you're going to be okay. Like these guys all have potential to be very good. So just hold back. I just hope that the Cavs don't do something Mm. stupid and terrible. And I, I trust Kobe Altman, albeit it's thinning a little bit. Yeah. I trust him enough to make a good pick because he's, his job's kind of on the line with this one. If this one doesn't pan, out, I, I think Kobe Altman's gone.
0: Is he a puppet master or is he
1: pulling the strings? I can't quite figure it out. I feel like he is, and I want to say this like nicely because I actually have always been a big cheerleader for him. I genuinely feel like he has to balance doing what he wants to do and doing what dan gilbert wants to mm-hmm. do which i can't imagine how exhausting that yeah. job must be um but you know it, i think with this one kobe altman's gonna have to not be a yes man put his foot down and say this is what we have to do if we want to be good draft one of these three players who are, you know if, if evan's available, you draft one of the Jalen's. They're a guard, they're gonna, and they're they're six four and six too, which already like it's a it's an upgrade from Colin, just size alone. If they draft one of these two, they can move Colin to to the bench, come off as a six-man, you could bring good energy to it, like that would be great. But you know, you you can't trade this pick. You can't yeah, do it. I,
2: I worry that he might, because if you're trying to get rid of Kevin Love, like you've really got to sweeten the deal now. I can't imagine they would package. Kevin love and the number three pick, but man, like, I don't know. I feel like oh nothing, God, that
1: would be killer.
2: I feel like nothing surprises me with this team. I think one of the reasons why Kobe Altman might be looking for a veteran is because you can't really build a team off of rookies. And it feels like every year since Colin Sexton, it's always been, let's, you know, the idea of building through the draft and Darius Garland is great. And, you know, um, I'm liking on the kid from Belmont, um, but like, he's great too. Although he, you know, and he was a little older because he spent all four or five years at Belmont. But like, you know, it, it, it's hard to put the team on the shoulders of a 19, 20 year old kid coming out of college. Cause that's kind of what happened yeah. to Colin Sexton. So I think that's where the idea of wanting a veteran comes in. And, you know, if they want a veteran, they can't be looking for one that's over 30. Like when they want a veteran, it's gotta be like a year three, year four type, type veteran. Like it can't be a Kevin Love
1: you know, cause I'm that's love just, love.
0: you know, in love, Olympian 2021 Olympian.
1: Oh my God. <laughs> that made me so mad. Like I wanted to throw my phone when I, I was like, Oh, okay. You, you can't see healthy enough to string three or four games together with the yeah. calves. But here you are signing up to, okay, Kevin, I just, going, I just do going I, he is like,
0: is he, he's half retired. I feel like right now he's oh, like, teetering yeah. on the brink of retirement. I feel like he's just, he's, he's so just checked po- out.
2: He's just he's collecting to, his paycheck and hanging yeah. out with his supermodel fiance. And like developing
0: wines with Channing Frye. Like I I just, <laughs> I cannot envision him being in the league much longer. I feel like he's yeah. trying to build upon his brand and go down that path. Like Channing Frye, Richard Jefferson.
2: I did not realize that Channing Frye has wines. And now like, and we all know I that love I love him so much. I am the biggest Channing Frye stan on the face of the <laughs> Planet. I'm obsessed with him. I told you guys about the guy who dumped me because every Friday I would send him a, a Channing Fry <laughs> gift that said happy Friday. <laughs> it lasted about three weeks. And then he was like, you know what? I don't think this is working out <laughs> every once in a while. I'll do that. Like I'll tweet out happy Friday with a Channing Fry gift I do that. But no, I mean, I, I love that man so much. Like when I first got to Cleveland and he was still playing and I was doing a, a lot of Cavs content for my job, like he, made the job so much better. Like he was such a joy to work with. And I love him so much. Like yeah. if it wasn't for Channing Frye, like <sighs> the first year that I was like, really like eyeballs deep in Cavs stuff. Like if it wasn't for Channing Frye, I might've walked off the 480 bridge. <laughs> like <laughs> he's just, I, like, I just, I, I love him. I didn't realize that he got into the wine game. I might have to check yeah, that out, but have like, to order it. but here's the thing with Kevin Love, like, you can't act like you're retired when you're not retired. Like Channing Frye is retired, like fully retired. So, like, don't be hanging out on the road trip and podcast and making wine if you're still in the NBA. <laughs> you might need to concentrate on earning. How I don't even remember how much he's earning, but it's a disgusting amount of money. Yeah, what is it like? I it's I don't how even much, remember how many millions. I don't even. It'll make me cry if I think about it.
1: It's gross. Don't think about it.
2: Yeah. Dylan Windler. That's the kid from Belmont. (laughs) 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 He's making Dylan Windler. (laughs) (laughs) I just, I could not, like, I could see his face and I knew he came from Belmont because I covered him while I was in Nashville and I could not think of his name. Dylan Windler. Fantastic draft pick when he's healthy. But yeah. Anyway, that was a conversation that happened 15 minutes ago. I'm sorry. (laughs)
0: okay it happens i feel like my memory is shot um all right should we transition into oh gosh Bree versus buckeyes yes let's do it i've been
1: waiting can i just say something real
0: fast about this yeah of course please
1: i just think it's funny that one of us put buckeye twitter into a frenzy yesterday and it was not the notre dame fan
0: it was a freaking buckeye (laughs) fan me
1: I know the other Wait, Meredith, what do I always say? The monster is eating itself. <laughs> I love yes. that thing. Buckeye fans are turning on each other. Oh,
2: well, here's yeah. the thing. I almost feel like that feels, at this point, it almost feels kind of like an Ohio thing because there was like two or three weeks ago when Browns fans were cam- cannibalizing themselves. Yes. We oh, do this they, still are. Like, they
1: still They yeah, still are. And then,
2: and then even in Cavs Twitter, gets up in a tizzy in the <laughs> Colin Sexton versus Ben Simmons crowd. So it just feels like I have never seen this in any other fan base that I've either been a part of or worked in. I've never seen fan bases go at their own, the way different Ohio fan bases do Browns so, so Cavs. the Bucknuts nuts are the worst, but my goodness, guys, what is going on in the state of Ohio? Okay. So for those listening that
0: don't know what I'm even referring to, I'm going to go ahead and set the scene. <laughs> I've got notes written out, like bullet point notes of a rundown of exactly what happened. So this was Monday. And contrary, contrary to what people think, I'm not on the internet all day. I'm not on Twitter all day. I have been really busy at work, but you know, in between meetings, I'll jump on Twitter really quick, check my notifications and sometimes quickly respond to things. And at this point in my day, I had happened to log on and I saw Gab's tweet about Buckeye fans and Steelers fans. Pretty much like they're the same. And this was not complimentary, by the way, obviously, because she's a Browns fan. She
1: was right. I'm just going to say that she's not wrong. (laughs) I liked that tweet. And then I went about my day because I was not going to comment.
0: Really glad that you went about your day because... I responded because I was thinking about the conversation we had last week, Meredith. We were talking about this just last week about yeah, yeah. You know, I, went,
2: ho- I went hard on Buckeye
0: fans last week. You How did. I should have literally that- just been like, "This was actually a Meredith." Meredith thought
2: I just was. I feel like I now. need <laughs> to. Ap- I need to apologize to Buckeye fans because I did go no. a little hard. I mean, I went a little hard, but for me, and I'll let you get to your thing. But for me, one of the biggest frustrations that I have is mostly with the Buckeye fans that I'm related to, because I would say out of like my 30 cousins, you know, second cousins, extended family, you know, I would say two of them went to Ohio State. But if you ask any single one of them, they act like they're, they own Columbus. So that's where my frustration <laughs> comes from is that, you know, my family members who act like elitist Ohio State fans but probably couldn't point out Columbus on a map. So a lot of times when I'm railing on Buckeye fans, it's, it's directed towards people I'm related to. So.
0: Yeah. So I respond to this. I take the bait, right. And I respond to this and in my mind, I'm sitting there thinking, we just had this conversation on our podcast. We talked about this last week. I responded with the, the worst are the hardcore Buckeye fans that didn't actually go to Ohio state. And in my mind, I'm sitting here thinking like, yeah, people are going to understand exactly what I'm talking about without even considering the fact that a lot of my followers are Cleveland related, right? Like most of my content is about Cleveland sports, my family, whatever. Buckeyes here and there sprinkled in, but I am definitely not a buck nut. I am not like tweeting about recruits and off-season Buckeye stuff. I just don't follow them that hardcore. So I literally put this out in between meetings, log off of Twitter, log back on a little bit later in the day. And I had muted the thread because I was getting so many notifications and I wasn't really reading through them. And then I got a DM from Gab and she was like, I'm so sorry, people are being mean to you. And then I was like, oh boy, like I didn't even know because I muted it. And then then I went into the deep, dark tunnel. And so here is the aftermath of what occurred. So I was being... I've been, I was called a lot of different things. And I was being, um, I was being accused of being a gatekeeper, like gatekeeping fandom. Um, I was called an elitist, a narcissist, uh, that I was being very privileged. Um, So this is the attack, right? This is the attack part. Um, People from like all different people that I've never even heard of on the internet emerged. And this is just like another really strong reminder is there is a obviously a very large college football fan base that I have not been immersed in, clearly. Um, Should not come as a surprise to me though because I know they're out there. I've, I've I've had some sprinklings here or there, okay? And we'll get into that in a little bit. So first, I wanna just preface this with saying, like people were saying that I was then trying to backtrack what I said and I was not at all trying to backtrack what I said. I admit my wording was probably poor in the sense of, I did not provide any context as to exactly what I meant. I was doing this in a hurry in the moment, assuming that a lot of people that follow me probably understood where I was coming from because they know me, they listen to the podcast, they understand my history, et cetera. Clearly that was not the case. This was a completely different group of people, whatever, not backtracking. However, I will say that just to address the whole like elitist and privileged thing, This kind of struck a chord with me because I am the first to admit that I was very lucky and fortunate enough to live in a household with a very stable environment. I had access to a public school education. My mom was a teacher. My grades, my studies were very important. It was ingrained in me. I graduated with a very high GPA. I went to a really small town. My town was not rich. I was from a very low income I mean, barely middle-class area, okay? I'm was. i from the Appalachia. I got a scholarship for living in the area. I earned a scholarship to get into Ohio State, go to Ohio State, but like majority of people that go to college, I took out student loans to pay for my education. I feel like the assumption was that I could afford to go to Ohio State and I put down cash to get into Ohio State. And for some reason... They assumed that my parents had their name on a building at Ohio State University. And that's how I got, no, not at all. Like I take very great pride into being able to get into Ohio State and earning a four-year degree from the university. I do have a very strong connection in that sense. But I'm also sensitive to the fact to acknowledge that there are not people as fortunate as me to live in a stable household that had access to a good school or public education. I could go down a whole other rabbit hole of school system, systemic racism in certain areas and lack of um, access to specific education, which then obviously furthers on to your post-high school career. I'm not going to get into all of that. So I'm going to delve into, though, my fandom for the Buckeyes didn't actually begin until I went to school there. So I did not really have an allegiance to college football. In fact, I actually wanted to go to Notre Dame
1: <laughs>
0: or did you what? know this, Brittany? what? So I know I'm like revealing all of this. Ohio state was the only school in Ohio that I applied to. I wanted to go to Notre Dame. It was my first choice. I also wanted to go to coastal Carolina in South Carolina. I grew up going to Myrtle beach. The school was right near there. I really wanted to just go there and live there. Me too.
2: (laughs) You did. (laughs) Yeah. I even did a tour there. If we had both gone to CCU, we would have been college friends. Oh
0: my gosh. I know I wanted to go there. So, and I did get in. Um, I did not get into Notre Dame. Um, They have, it's very hard to get into obviously. Um, so when I got my acceptance letter to Ohio State and Coastal Carolina, it was pretty much like my parents were just like very against me moving that far out of state. Obviously, the tuition was more expensive because it was out of state. Um, Ohio State at the time, you know, public school, in-state tuition, a lot easier to swallow. And then my dad was like, what are you majoring in Brie? Like your degree at Ohio State is probably going to mean more than your degree at Coastal Carolina. I was like, you know what? Fair. I'll go to Ohio State three and a half hours away. Do we have the same dad? <laughs> we, we might.
2: <laughs> yeah. So C, like CCU wasn't like my first, my first choice, I actually got in early action at UNC Wilmington, um, as a jazz musician in, into their music school. And my dad almost had that exact same oh conversation gosh. with me when I got my early action, which is like early decision, but it's not binding. Um, so I got an early action to the music program at Wilmington. And my dad's like, well, what's going to work out better for you? A music (laughs) degree from UNC Wilmington or a music degree, plus whatever the hell else you want to do at Virginia Tech. Exactly.
0: Yep. That was the exact same conversation I had with my dad. They're smart. I like, at the time I was like, obviously very young and upset to hear that. But like right now I'm, I'm obviously very happy that I listened and took his advice. Also completely side note. I just found out my dad has Twitter, like, yesterday. (laughs) And so I was explaining, um, I posted, like, a Father's Day post about him, and someone responded, like, thanking me for the post. And I was like, who is this weirdo, like, pretending to be my dad? And then my mom called me. She goes, where'd you get that picture from? And I was like, oh. I was like, you gave it to me in, like, a bin or something. And she was like, yeah, your dad responded. I was like, what? I was like, I thought that was a troll. (laughs) So anyway, I found him and I went back and looked at all of his tweet responses and he's responded to me multiple times and I've never acknowledged him because I never knew that it was actually my dad. And I have to laugh because I was going through all of his tweets and replies. And one response was about when the Browns were going through their coaching hire. And I think he meant to respond to a different, threat, but he responded to a Disney plus ad. <laughs> <laughs> it's so dad. It is so dad. And then my mom was. I was like, "Well, mom, like, why is this his name? You know, like his handle." He was in the background. He was like, "I don't know how to change it. I meant to type in an L, and it autocorrected to S. So I just left it." <laughs> I can't even <laughs> with. <laughs> so anyway, um, Brittany, if you if Jerry has any word of advice for my dad on Twitter. He would be grateful to have that. But, you know, just a reminder to all of you listening our dads are on Twitter and they see the things you say to us. So just remember that, people.
1: Oh, yeah. My dad, there was, you know, that best of Brown's yes. bracket that was happening. My dad lost in the first round to some he guy did. I'd never even heard I, of. Yeah, I, voted <laughs> for I was like, dad. way to go, dad.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, poor Jerry. Yeah.
2: So my my dad's not on Twitter. My dad is not on Twitter, but he is in cybersecurity and has taken like Mm. multiple hacking courses. So if you want (sighs) to come at us from a burner, my dad could probably figure out your IP address. So I'm going to put your dad to work. What do you mean? I'm just going to put that, that warning out there. Like my my, my dad moonlit as a university professor. For a few years, like maybe 10, 15 years ago. And he has taken many cybersecurity courses through the school that he was a teacher at because of it. So Papa Kane will destroy you. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) He will, he will, he will find out where you live and he will ruin your life. Okay. So
0: so I got us very off topic. I'm going to like, I'm going to close this all into a circle. So the reason I was talking about my dad and my mom, like, so growing up, like my fandom, my college football fandom, like didn't really exist. We were a very like sports fan family. However, our Saturday Saturdays did not revolve around college football. Like our Sundays revolved around the Cleveland Browns and even like the Indians and the cats. We were very much a pro sports team fandom family, specifically Cleveland. So didn't really grow up with that like Ohio state love until I got into the university and started attending college there. It was really hard not to fall in love and be romanced by Ohio state football and Saturdays at the shoe. So I will say, um, at that point, like I developed a strong passion, um, for the Buckeyes and rooting for their sports team, not specific, just to football for all of their sports teams. And, you know, my, I had a direct tie, right? I went to the university. I was friends with some of the players that played for some of the teams that I rooted for. Um, and obviously I was getting my education and my degree from there. So, you know, I graduated, I moved on still living in Columbus and Columbus is obviously a very pro Buckeye town, right? Saturdays, you will not find people out and about. They are watching the game or they are at the game tailgating in some capacity. So until I met, fell in love and married a Michigan fan, did I start to realize that there were a specific group of degenerate Buckeye fans. And this was the group that I was mostly referring to in a sense of my social media following has gotten a lot bigger than it was a few years ago. And so you guys know, I'm very open. I share a lot about my life, my family and there was one Saturday, it was the rivalry week. And I tweeted a picture of me and my son, little dude, and my husband dressed him up in his Michigan gear. And I was wearing my Ohio state gear. I'm like, this is a cute picture. Like, haha, like a house divided, whatever. And I literally had thousands of people like that, that, that saw the tweet. I had tons of comments from Buckeye fans. Some of them were, you know, haha funny and then some of them were just downright ignorant and rude so this is my personal experience with a group of buckeye fans that said horrible things about me about my husband and about my three-year-old child at the time because he was wearing michigan gear so this was the group that i was referring to because in a lot of instances these people actually had no ties to the university no direct ties to the university And I actually had one of them. I will never forget, like essentially be like, you need to take your fan card away. I bet you didn't even go to school there. Like prove it, show me your degree, your diploma. Like, no, bro. Like it's not that serious. I married a Michigan fan. Like I can see past that. Like that, that is not like being a Buckeye fan is not a personality trait. Being a fan of any team is not a personality trait. Like I am passionate about the Browns and all of my Cleveland teams, But I also know how to separate that from life and reality, right? I I don't know. Like maybe I'm on an Island there, but, um, this fan base, this group of fans that I'm also describing, and I know every fan base has them and that I shouldn't generalize and judge an entire group of fans based on them, but they just seem to be the loudest to me. They are also the type that will harass student athletes, asterisk on student. These are kids. I mean, they're 18, 19, 20-year-old students when they mess up playing a football game or a basketball game, sending death threats, um, attacking recruits. I just like, this is something that I just can't get behind. And it seems to be the loudest with Buckeye fans. I don't know. I mean, this, this is my two, my two cents. So I don't care what you think of me. I don't care if you want to revoke my Buckeye fandom card. It doesn't matter to me. I am just saying that, in some instances, if you act this crazy and and psychotic, I can kind of get it if you actually had a direct connection or tie to the university. Because some people just really do have that buckeye for life. Makes it way worse when you have no affiliation or any direct ties to the university or even, geez, the city or the state. So. That is my two cents. Um, I'm going to wrap this up with a little bow because my takeaway was I started to get like upset about what people were saying about me. And then I realized all these people on the internet actually don't know me at all, right? Like people that I care the most about are you guys, my friends, my family that know me in real life. They know who I am. And why am I going to get bent out of shape over the dumbest situation and tweet ever? And if, if this is my worst day on the internet, then I will take it. And life is just about so much more than the confines of social media. And I spent the night tonight at home playing baseball with little dude, pulling weeds together, watering flowers, going on a walk. And I just thought like, why would I ever let something so dumb get to me like this? Like, This is not at all what life is about and we really need to reshift our priorities if this is what I'm spending my time like letting these thoughts just come
2: into my head. So here you are. That is it. Yeah. Call college, college fans are a different breed. I will admit that. Cause I mean, I, I covered college sports exclusively when I was at Sirius XM for three plus years. Um, and I told you guys this, this in our group chat. So I have to say it here. Um, myself and all of my coworkers on my channel, and I think some of these memes still exist, but we would literally make different, don't tweet at recruit memes. So like if we were <laughs> on Twitter That's actually sad. and we, yeah, because like we expected it because on national signing day, if a recruit didn't sign with someone's favorite university or if they had had an early commit, but then decided to decommit and go somewhere else, there would be, you know, these, you know, high schoolers kids that are 16, 17 years old getting death threats from fully grown adults. And like, we almost felt it like upon ourselves to tweet out. And then I even have a group of friends not working in sports, just friends that, you know, I'm, you know, my group of friends that I hang out with when, when I'm back in DC and every year on national signing day, if you follow any of them, they will always say don't tweet recruits. Don't ever tweet recruits. Like I don't even care. If you're saying, you know, good job, welcome. No, just don't do it. Like, just don't do it. And yeah, we'd have like meme after meme after meme of don't tweet recruits because people would just do it. And I, it, never, it never registered with me like what someone was trying to accomplish by tweeting death threats at a 17-year-old child because they made a, a decision that was best for them.
0: Yeah. And I will also say like, I actually like, I'm pretty, I'm a pretty like lighthearted person and in like being able to laugh at some comments with people. And I found it so funny that I was being accused of gatekeeping people's fandom, but yet in the entire thread, everyone was in there defending their fandom to me as if I really cared about their fandom. Um, It was just comical that everyone got that bent out of shape. Like, I'm flattered that everyone thinks that I'm so important that they need to then go on and list their credentials of what makes them a Buckeye fan. Like this lady today, no lie. I mean, probably a 50 50 year old woman based on her profile picture was essentially responding to me saying, so me sitting on my grandfather's lap at the age of two every Saturday to tune into the Buckeye game makes me not a fan because I didn't go to school there. No,
2: lady, you are like what are you talking about? What about what about the person who told you that they they had the right to cheer for Ohio State because they paid taxes because they lived <laughs> in Ohio for 10 years and for 10 years paid taxes to Ohio, therefore they had the right to cheer for I'm like, well, I mean, public university like your taxes are going everywhere. It's like it's not like your taxes <laughs> are only going to Ohio State. They're going to go to every other public university in the whole state. So like are you going to, like, are you going to go for, like, Youngstown State is a state school? Are you going to go for YSU that hard? Are you going to go for the University of Cincinnati that hard? Oh yeah, like, go on. Penguins,
1: baby. Go- yeah, I mean... <laughs>
0: I should just make this my thing now and just this should be my niche on TikTok and I should just be the CEO of Buckeye fandom. He's Clearly you I am that should. important. Yes. And maybe I'll show up to yes. every single game like painting my face, I don't know, wearing yeah. Bucknuts around could be my like neck. You like that cowboy guy. Yeah, I mean this this could just be a clear profession and opportunity for me where I I need to sit on a throne and you need to come to me and you need to display your credentials and your resume. As to why you deserve to be a fan if you did not go to
2: the university.
1: Also, Listen, if you're gonna can use, I, can I propose?
2: If you're, use ta- if you're gonna use taxes, though, you have to show your tax returns from Bring every your W 2s. You <laughs> yes. <laughs> you have to show W 2s where you paid state income tax to Ohio.
1: I have a proposition, Bree. Yes. Sorry, I live downtown, so I like, the, the sirens time. are coming. I was like, this is serious, this is serious. They're coming to get me. That was perfect. It was like, <laughs> I was setting up and just was like, woo. Oh, all right, I get it, universe. It's happening. <laughs> My proposition, Bree, is to come back home to your original fandom. Let me pitch what Notre Dame fandom is like. It's me and a bunch of old guys. <laughs> Listen. And that's pretty much it. And let me tell you, I have like a, oh, it's really bad. When I wear my, I have like Notre Dame hat. Yeah. Hat. Mm-hmm. And in the fall, when I like walk around with this Notre Dame hat on, moths to a flame. Every old man within like a five mile radius comes up to me and wants to talk about Notre Dame. Literally, that's the friendliest
0: fan base the you'll ever meet. Catholic men. My pop-up, the rest his soul, was a huge that's Notre it. Dame fan.
1: If you like, yeah, if you like elderly people, come (laughs) to us. I'll be like, what's that? uh, Oh, it was, it was Joe Paterno, wasn't it? When, remember that, um, that Big Ten commercial when he's like, come to Penn State. Oh, yeah, 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 Notre Dame. Okay, university commercials.
2: University commercials are some of the best commercials on the face of the planet. When we're done with this podcast and anyone who is listening I implore you, you absolutely have to go to YouTube and look up Appalachian State University commercial. Uh, I think on YouTube, if you, ter- if you search Appalachia is hot, 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 it'll come up because there, there's a jingle that said when the weather gets cold, 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 Appalachia is hot, hot, hot. <laughs> and it was for Appalachian State University. You, you got to, it is like when I am in a bad mood, I'm not even kidding. I actually did this a few months ago. And then I sent it to one of my friends um, that I went to school with because it was like one of our favorite things to pass back and forth. Like when I am in a bad mood, I look up this commercial because it never fails to make me laugh. It is the best
0: oh wait I also have to turn in my fan card for all of my Cleveland teams because I don't live in Cleveland and well I you didn't, didn't you didn't get drafted didn't, right. I didn't get Browns. Yes. and I didn't work for any of the teams and then oh my favorite was <laughs> this really grinded my gears um someone responded and said and they gave her I can't believe they gave her a podcast
2: who is your buddy Who is they? They. Right.
0: I flat once again. I am flattered that you like he was comparing me to Colin Coward. Like all of these, like all these national guys. And I was like, once again, like thank you. That I that you think that I am that big of a deal, that I have this multi-million dollar contract. Like I have a multi, I don't know, $30 contract. (laughs) I
2: uh, I really want to know who they is though. Oh yeah.
0: He, he thinks that like someone gave us a podcast and we didn't create this podcast on our own because I mean, we're women. We, how could we ever create a sports podcast and consistently put out content? That's just mind boggling to some of these folks.
2: Yeah. Cause we didn't meet months before this podcast launch and develop the idea and the concept and everything that we wanted and the artwork. We didn't, we didn't sit down and do that for months together and work it out ourselves and then find a way to, you know, to, to get ourselves on the internet. No, that would never happen. Someone just gave it to us.
0: Yes. So long they. Period, there are a lot of just like angry men in my mentions. So a, 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 a
2: there was woman, lot of women. a lot of women, there yeah, a ton yeah, of sure. women. Those, those
0: Buckeye women are,
2: exactly who I pictured them to be,
0: honestly. So. so
2: this is another thing that I want to say. And I feel like this is like a big PSA for the Bucknuts that got mad at you for gatekeeping when you really mm-hmm. weren't, but for gatekeeping, Ohio state fandom, because if you ask a lot of them where the Buckeye fandom comes from, and I hear this a lot from the people that I'm related to, I've seen it a little bit on Twitter, but a lot of it is, well, we didn't have the Browns, so we needed a football team to cheer for. And then my response is, well, what about any other football team? And they're like, well, Ohio state were winners. And that's their, and like, (laughs) that's what they're saying is that like, well, you know, we needed something to cheer for. We needed something positive and you know, Ohio state was positive because they were always winning. They were always, you know, in a bowl game, always BCS contenders. Like we needed winners. So for those people who said that when we have new Browns fans coming in, who start to cheer for this team because they're getting better and because they love Baker Mayfield, or they love Jadavion County, or they love for whatever reason, whoever they love on this team, you're not allowed to tell them that they can't be a Cleveland Browns fan because they didn't cheer for the Browns when they were 0 and 16. So if you're going to sit here and say, well, I needed a, a winning team. So I chose Ohio state Buckeyes, you know, that's my state, that's my team, they're winners don't ever 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 tell someone who wants to be a fan of the Cleveland Browns that they can't cheer for them
0: yeah these Don't. are the same people that were harassing Jabril Peppers at the CVS pharmacy and root for former Ohio State players even though they play for the rivals so like it's just the logic just doesn't make sense to me and how
2: about the and, Bucknuts and- that wanted to fire Andrew Barry for for drafting donovan people's jones yeah exactly
0: it's just I, i just like really cannot wrap my head around that and and they wanted to twist it like my browns fandom into a negative saying like i can't well she's a browns fan what does she know and and my whole thing is to your point meredith like the buckeyes have always been relevant they've always been a winning football team they've been really easy to cheer for and root for outside of some like Once again, though, I'm not going to overshadow their wrongdoings. Like, and I'm not going to do that for the Browns either. Like we've been very honest, upfront and transparent about our feelings when we don't agree with the teams that we root for things that are just flat out wrong. And I'm not going to, my, my fandom is not going, I don't have blinders. I don't have Buckeye blinders on. I don't have Browns blinders on. Like I can see things for what they are and disagree with them and not like it. And I'm not blinded by that, but there's so many Buckeye fans out there that, supported urban meyer and the whole zach smith debacle like i'm sorry i like i was embarrassed that like that time to be a buckeye fan and like for the people that weren't like you need to reevaluate evaluate yourself and your morals i'm sorry but i just i just can't and i'm going to be done with this because i could talk about this clearly for hours now but um you know like your your fandom is it should not it's not a personality trait it, it really isn't and and I, i'm very passionate about sports, clearly, that's what ninety percent of my Twitter is about, but once again, like that's a very small piece of me, and people that know me personally know
1: that. yes, can I bring something up that sort of like it relates to this? yeah, of course I've noticed, you you mentioned that you know people are quick to bring up the browns. I saw mm-hmm. that because I was looking through your quote I was looking through the quote, oh yeah, <laughs> so, Jeez, oh my oh, God, man. the quote tweets are always Expense. the worst. That was a disaster, um, but I was looking through them and I, I saw a lot of people bring up the Browns like in different ways. And I tweeted today about, uh, do you see that, that Kevin guy? Oh yeah, he yeah. Was yes. complaining. Sure. yeah, okay, yes. so he was, there was a picture, Baker Mayfield was celebrating his brother and his new sister-in-law. They just got married over the weekend. So they were at a Padres game and they were, you know, having a good time just for them or whatever. And uh, th- he shared photos, and this guy went on this rant on Twitter about how Baker Mayfield's not really Cleveland. He doesn't understand us. The most embarrassing thing that he ever saw was Baker and a Padres, <laughs> he w- who he referred to as the enemy, as if this the <laughs> Padres are an enemy of the Cleveland Browns. <laughs> okay. And I was like, what? <laughs> what is this? So, so I like tweeted and I said, tribe elitism is a disease because it is it like it destroys brain cells it cripples them as a human being like it just infiltrates every every good thing about their dna and soils it so i I tweeted it was disease and of course like i can't just say anything like if i say anything about any team it always, it either goes back to the Browns or it goes back yeah. to Notre Dame. Yep, Those are the two. And it doesn't matter, I could tweet about anything. And they'll be like, oh. <laughs> so they did, they're like, well, you know, funny that Browns fans, I was like, sir, excuse me. This has nothing to do with the Browns. Can I, it was like, I felt like when I was little and you know, my parents would yell at me, and my brother. Cause you know, we're like 10 months apart around the same age. We hung out a lot when we were you know, babies and they would yell at me for something. I'd be like, well, what about Jeremy? and my dad would be like, I'll take you. This isn't about Jeremy. This is, that's what it feels like. Like I can focus on one team at a time, whoever, like, I'm sorry, but like, I don't, I'm not a big Indians fan. So, and a lot of it, the same reason that I'm not an Ohio state fan has to do with the fans. They completely turn me off to, to yeah. the team. So this is what I'm talking about. We don't have to like, it's possible to focus on one team at a time without bringing the other ones into it. And that's almost like a sickness in itself. Yeah. I feel like, it's them, like, hey, I have a problem with the Indians. Well, yeah, what about the Browns? So like it's not- The whataboutisms.
2: Yeah, to the it's whataboutism. And I also feel like, and I've seen this is, this happened to me like not too long ago. Um, I feel like people, when they either know you're right or they don't have a good counter argument will make personal attacks and so i think that's where a lot of the like oh well what do you expect from a browns fan so i'm not even kidding i got into an argument with somebody on twitter like a few months like maybe a month and a half two months ago about marvel because and i know this isn't gonna mean anything to any of you guys but homeboy had the audacity to refer to bucky barnes as a murderer and i was like tell me you don't understand the MCU without telling me you don't understand the MCU. And I kind of was like correcting him. Like, no, he was brainwashed. It was under somebody else's control. Like he wasn't, you know, going out on his own volition and murdering people. And then like, it went back and forth. And finally he was like, wow, you're so passionate. It's funny. Should I attack Virginia Tech next? And I was like, what the fuck? Like, excuse my language, but what the fuck, sir? Like, first off- I get pulled again, Meredith. (laughs) Yeah. Like, it was just like- I was just like, why would you bring my university into this first off? Like, what does that have to do with anything? And secondly, I'm like, is it because you realize that you're completely dead-ass wrong in this argument? And instead of admitting that you're wrong, you decide to make a personal attack. And like, at that point, I I didn't even respond because I'm like, I don't don't engage in bad faith arguments. I don't. And that is one of those arguments that is 100% in bad faith. So I was just like, you know what, sir? go along your merry way and just like because he probably just like read a synopsis of the Marvel film and was like yeah I totally get what's going on here I know more than you because I'm a dude and girls can't like comic books yeah yeah Bleah.
0: Bleah. yeah I we clearly underestimate our power I guess I don't know maybe plot twist all of this I was trying to just do a complete overthrow so I could defeat Brittany and the Browns worst I had a really good run at it <laughs>
1: That's really, no, what, yeah, you, it know was, it, was, you know, what's bad? It was we managed to piss off an entire fan base and I'm still destroying her. <laughs>
0: That's because <laughs> no one, n- no one even knows that I, that I'm even in that in the Browns, but I bet, I bet had I tweeted about it, they all would have voted for me. All you should have
2: done that out. You know what you should have like strong, like after the tweet that like everyone was attacking you, you should have been like, Hey, vote for me for worst Twitter account. <laughs>
0: Oh my gosh. What a weird freaking day of events.
2: We are stunt
0: just to beat Britney in the polls. I mean, it's probably (laughs) going to be my most engaged tweet of this entire year, which is thank you,
2: I guess. I mean, it's great. I don't think people realize that when you you try to go to brands to sell yourself, um, they don't care that in get like, there's Twitter's analytics. Don't say, well, this was negative engagement. Yeah, this right? was no, it's just engagement period. It's likes mm-hmm. retweets, you know, uh, impressions, all that other stuff. So when you send those numbers out and like any marketing person would know this, like when you do your analytics, like Twitter doesn't differentiate between positive or negative. So when you get all hot and bothered about a tweet and you go off on it you're just helping that if that person is looking to market themselves or their brand you're just helping them you're moving them along because then also when you engage in tweets more twitter will push those tweets farther up in people's timelines so then more people see it so like oh yeah that would be happening (laughs) yeah so like the more like the more you engage the
1: more you're helping that
2: person out so you know
1: jokes on you i don't know Listen, I think Brie and I sort of destroyed that whole bracket yesterday. So, like, <laughs> I think people are really pumped about it and like looking forward to it. And I don't think they are anymore. There's a lot of drama going on right now. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. let me, conspiracy theorists, there's a lot yes. of burners that have been made. There have a lot, there's a lot of accounts that went private, a lot of accounts that just oh. went m- missing, deactivated yep. completely, all because we said, hey guys, this isn't right. And we brought our army. We brought the beehive. I mean, I'm just and now you don't hear anything about it, do you? Just I haven't heard anything about that since yesterday morning, I don't think.
0: Yeah, honestly, I haven't. I haven't either. Very interesting, interesting stuff. People don't think that we are savvy. Mm-hmm. And I think they'll come to find that if we want to, if we really, really want to, and there's just a little taste of that yesterday. We will take you down. Okay. Yeah. So, yep. Come at us. Come at us, bro. Like, I'm, you know, last week I was like, I will not name names. Yeah. Oh, I named a name yesterday. <laughs> go ahead and go back and look at my
2: responses. You, you both did. Like, within. I mean, he had it coming. Oh, my this, God. This dude has been ages, doing this for like yeah. a
1: year. More and than a year. You know, like, I, yeah. I told you guys, I sent you that thing on Saturday, and I was like, oh, this is funny. And yesterday I just stopped caring. I was like, you know what? Boom, boom. And then Brie was like, pew, pew, pew.
0: You know, it was, can I just say, I saw that again, like this is my like in between the meeting stuff. I saw something and it made me so angry. And I sent a message to Brittany, like I'm ready to destroy this person. And then I go and look and Brittany already put the first shot in. And I was like, I'm going to go finish him.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he's dead, he's dead. RIP <laughs> met. <Matt>. Deceased, deceased. <laughs> it's like a
2: moral combat he couldn't he couldn't react fast enough yeah, after yeah. that it was oh my god i think it was It was less than five minutes yeah he was <laughs> gone between yeah and i between was Between attacks like, he's like all right i'm out he didn't Green even bother to live
0: forever he did not Always. even
2: bother to defend himself or nope. how retaliate. can you defend that yeah you can't like
0: you can't I love you guys. You are the best. It's so, it's so attractive that you guys love sports and you're all Browns fans. You're so beautiful. And then literally one month later, it was like, these women suck, especially Brittany, that bird girl. <laughs> she has opinions. And when people don't disagree, she's the worst. <laughs> then he was in my DMs talking to himself.
2: Girl gang, blah, blah, blah. If no one agrees with the girl gang, you get attacked, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I mean, rent
0: free. Like all he did was tweet about us. We literally yeah. it spent us, no time. We make us so much
1: more him. important than we have to be. That's what cracks me up, is that they complained about us being so important and they go out of our way to make us this important. Guys, if you don't like us, just ignore us. Yeah, yeah right? They, don't we do that?
2: There yes. are, my two favorite features on Twitter are the turn off retweets button, which I have done for a lot of people. Um, so if you're, if, mm. if I follow you and you are an excessive retweeter, I'd probably turned off your retweets. Um, and then also I not as many, but I would say probably about half a dozen to a dozen people that I've just flat out muted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like it's great. Like I don't have to, I don't have to see their tweets if I don't want to. And if your timeline is just nothing but retweets for things that I don't find engaging, I'm turning off your retweets. I still see your tweets. So if you tweet, then I'm going to see those tweets, but yeah, I'm not going to see your retweets. I don't care. Stop retweeting porn into my timeline, weirdo. No, I can't. Someone someone tweeted at me the other day with a really nice compliment and I almost responded, but then I looked at his timeline. And it was nothing but porn retweets. And I was like, nope, <laughs> not engaging with this Twitter account.
0: <laughs> oh
2: my gosh.
0: Yeah, it's like, you know, people can
2: see what you're doing.
0: <laughs> I, I really don't think some people understand how Twitter works, clearly.
2: Yeah, and and your likes are visible too. People go can go and look at your likes. Yeah, so people don't, don't know that. <laughs> yeah. So if you're not retweeting the porn, but you're liking all the porn, we could see that too. Yeah. Like it's just I, I don't I don't know. Twitter's the wild wild west man. Like I feel like it's a lot more the wild wild west. Like I feel like Twitter is way more lawless than any other social media platform. Like I don't go on yes. Facebook anymore. Um I went on Facebook to like change my profile picture like a month ago, but that was it. Um but yeah, like it like There's still like unwritten rules that TikTok follows and Instagram follows. And I think even Facebook to an extent, but man, like Twitter, it's just like, it's like Westworld, man. Anything goes and you don't even have to pay for it. Now
1: do we consider Reddit a social media too because I would yes. like to voice my oh, concerns with that like. Okay.
2: Yes, Reddit is a social media platform. Um okay. yeah, no they the yeah, no they definitely have Twitter beat for lawlessness.
1: Whoa. <laughs> like it's like <laughs> yeah. Twitter on steroids. I was not prepared. Can, I'm just going to tell listeners a story yeah. about yes, like go for it. Not specifics because it's pretty brutal but like uh, I went through, uh, last month I went through a period of time where I just had trouble sleeping at night. So I would be on my phone. Like, you know, I'd wake up every day at like two or three and one day I was up at three o'clock in the morning and I could not sleep. And I was just like, Oh, like, you know, I remember Brie saying something about Brown's Reddit, how like Brown's Reddit's fun. And like, it's hilarious. So I was like, Oh, I'm going to go check out Brown's Reddit. So I'm like scrolling through and it is fun. Like Brown's Reddit is a, it's yeah. a funny place there's you know harmless talk
0: about like hard-ons getting hard-ons with like specific articles and like stats like that's like what makes me laugh really hard is when like someone will post like a tweet with the stat that everybody likes and they're like wait i'm almost there and then it like just becomes this <laughs> thread of people then responding, and it, like that it just cracks me up there's somebody yes
1: thoughts. so brown's Reddit it was a good time i was on there for probably about no like 30 minutes just scrolling through reading stuff laughing having a good time and then, like, I see there's, like, a Reddit for um, 850, Wkr and the, like, the really big show. And I was... <laughs> I was and then was, you like, went down oh, the rabbit hole. It's a, the Browns the Reddit was fun and entertaining. Like, I'm sure this one is, too. It was a horror toilet. And <laughs> it just never ends. Like, I went down, I was just, like... You know, reading these comments and I was floored. Even for the internet, this was horrendous. And like I would say that it's funny, but these people might actually be kind of scary humans. Yeah. Where you know, I can't imagine taking so much time to listen to something that I so passionately hated. You know what I mean? Like, if I hate yeah. something, if I'm just not into it, if I think it's, you know, silly or whatever, I'm just like, nah, I'll just forget it. No, these people wake up every morning just to hate listen, hate listen. to this radio and post station about it. all day. Like, this is their only hobby. They just listen to this all day and complain about everything. And I'm just like, man, I was not expecting that. It was, it yeah, was so again, much worse than I ever anticipated.
2: There is no differentiation, yeah. if that's even a word, between negative interaction and positive interaction yes, hate listening like is still a listener exactly <laughs> like it's it was rough. it's still adding to the ratings so i mean it's we probably like, have our own um i mean there are people listens. that hate listen to us i like someone
0: tweeted like someone made a comment today about my whole buckeye thing about the, and i'm like we clearly listen to the podcast so thank you for that like tune back in you'll hear the full story but Brittany, <laughs> i should have warned you there is a big portion of reddit that is just full of snark pages so you happen to stumble upon. I don't know upon- if you guys have,
1: have you ever seen the the 850 Reddit. Yes,
0: I have. It actually pops up as like a recommendation based on some of the pages yeah. I follow um, yeah. and and like interactions. But the reason I found Reddit was because of a snark page. I've I've talked about it before, but there's a like a influencer that I follow, and like I started to like question their legitimacy and felt like there was just some shady stuff going on. And and I I stumbled upon Reddit based on this person. And there's like an entire board dedicated to like the family and all these people that have like kind of felt the same way that I have. So that's how I got into Reddit. And then I realized like, there's also sports Reddit out there. And Mm -hmm. I I, like the best part that was going on to like the rival sports pages, like the Steelers Mm -hmm. and the Ravens.
2: And and like- Those were so funny, especially after the draft. Those pages were incredible. Yeah. And just
0: reading like- you know, if you think Brown's Twitter is in turmoil, or in a lot of cases, well, other fan bases are the same, if
2: not worse,
0: in how they go about their business. But yes, I think that's going to be
2: fun this season. But listen, yes. there is oh, yeah. there is a Reddit page for literally
1: everything, so yeah. I recommend I'm not going back on Reddit again. Like that <laughs> I would recommend- you're gonna go on I Steelers find- Reddit during the <laughs> so- season you gonna like be it. funny like i was looking through this and well i i saw that we got some shout outs on that page of course more than a few i mean they're um, probably not the friendly people. Ones.
0: yeah there's the same people that are, have these twitter accounts that hate us
1: <laughs> yes um so i i kept like re- reading uh you know the threads and i kept seeing this name that would pop up and it would always be in like correlation with either girl gang or with danny and it was gonzo and i'm like who is this gonzo person was like, like gonzalez or something and then i was like oh they're talking about me like muppet baby gonzo with the nose that's okay. what they refer to me so guys if you're ever on the knr <laughs> the really big show anytime you see gonzo they're talking about me just heads up uh, don't you don't have to like think about it too much i'm telling you
2: and that's like the thing that's like so ridiculous to me is that like they hate these shows so much that they'll like attack people who don't even work for KNR and like, that's you're not I- even, you're not even associated with KNR. You're dating somebody that. who works there, but like, Yeah, I was why? like, oh, let's go on here and see how much they love Danny. <laughs> 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 oh, Brittany. They so-
1: refer to him exclusively as Mr. Mollis or Danny Mollis. So that's really nice of them.
2: So here are the Reddit pages that you need to go on. If there is a reality (laughs) show that you watch, highly recommend the Reddit pages. However, there are spoilers. But if you like reality shows, the reality Reddits, so like I religiously watch the challenge on MTV. So I'm a frequenter on MTV's challenge Reddit um, because they have a lot of like behind the scenes. Like I don't follow any of those people on social media because their Twitters are like, and so, and Instagrams are insanely toxic. But anytime something pops up, Someone's going to post it on reddit so like that's where i find that thing so that's the one good thing um, that i really like for reddit um three pages informational reddits so like i'm on the curly hair reddit to like learn how to deal with my hair so any kind of like informational thing so like if you want to like learn how to lift there's like weightlifting pages if you want to learn how to crochet there's like crochet like there's there's a subreddit for anything so like Those, those information reddits are really good. And then the third one, this is my favorite page that I probably go on like two to three times a week is uh, am I the asshole where people post stories where they've like gotten (laughs) into a fight with someone. And then they're like, well, this is the scenario. (laughs) Who's the asshole in the situation. Was it me, the other person or both of us, those stories give me life because they are absolutely absurd. Like some of them are like kind of sad and scary because it'll be like women in abusive relationships and it'll be like the men gaslighting them. And they'd be like, my husband, boyfriend, whatever, got mad at me for XYZ. And then everyone's like, oh honey, you're in an abusive relationship, but I don't read those because I can't handle them. But yeah, like, it's like the really funny shit. Like I put up signs exposing my neighbor for stealing my packages. Who's the <laughs> asshole. Like it's there. It's great. Am I the asshole such a great Reddit page. I love it
0: great recommendations.
2: Yes. All right.
0: So we have to close the show that that was obviously a very long rant and I apologize because it was all based off of me, but Meredith needs her time to shine because we didn't get to it last week either. And that is oh in regards to baseball. Do
2: we even have time for this? I mean, go off mayor. I mean, I can make it quick. Cause I think I've kind of come <laughs> down from my anger about it <laughs> last week. I've like calmed down. Although my anger was like resurged in watching the Nats game earlier today. So essentially what's going on in baseball is um, Major League Baseball has suddenly decided to crack down on pitchers using sticky substances. Like this is the worst kept secret in baseball. And I feel like the real catalyst, although people have disagreed with me, I feel like the catalyst was about a month ago when the Indians were playing the White Sox and one of the White Sox broadcasters noticed a black spot on James Karantak's glove and he's like rubbing his, Thumb and his you know two fingers on it and then the broadcaster was like um his glove is red why is there a black spot why is he rubbing it like that and it just spurred this whole issue of pitchers using sticky substances because batting averages are down across the league we've had um an almost record number of no hitters this season alone and we're not even at the all-star break so all of a sudden everyone's like oh my god pitchers are using sticky substances and it's like well yeah like trevor bauer called this out back in 2018 but because it's trevor bauer nobody listened to him and it's the way major league baseball has handled it is exactly how you would have expected them to so they uh they're like oh they're they're sticky substances. Oh, we're gonna look into this. So then they like sent out a memo acknowledging that pitchers are cheating. Um, and they're like, in a week, we're gonna send out a memo of what we're gonna do about it. And I'm like, Well, why don't you just wait a week? So then, like a week later, they sent out another memo, and essentially the the onus is falling on the umpires to check pitchers for sticky substances, which is ridiculous because Umps make so many mistakes as it is, and on top of that, they're like they're worried about a game that they're not going to be like examining a guy's glove or his belt buckle or where or his the bill of his hat wherever he's hiding his sticky substances. Like pitchers have come out and said you can literally mix rosin and sunscreen, and and your hands are going to be sticky. And <laughs> it's just the whole, the way that Major League Baseball just completely handled this. It just feels like there's never been an era of baseball where there hasn't been some kind of major controversy. And then earlier tonight, the nationals game, the umpire stopped the game in the middle of the inning because they wanted to check Max Scherzer for sticky stuff. And like Max got understandably pissed. Like he's taking off his hat he's throwing it on the ground. Like at one point I thought he was going to like strip just to like show that he didn't have any sticky substances on him. And I was <laughs> like, while well, that would be entertaining if Max Scherzer was going to strip on national TV, personally, I would not stop him, but like he was furious. And then Davies coming out of the dugout yelling at the umpires. And it's just like, this is such a disaster. This is such a fucking disaster. And, oh, God, that's like the third time I've dropped the F-bomb. I'm so sorry. You are on a roll. I just, role. I, just, I, want to edit just this. I know, <laughs> I know, but yeah, it's like, if major league baseball wanted to do something about the sticky substances, they shouldn't be doing it a month before the all-star break. Like this is not the time to change rules or to crack down on a rule that you already had, that everyone was ignoring, that you knew everyone was ignoring. Like I just, it just the way they handle things is so ridiculous. And it brings me back to a take that Brittany had, that Brittany has always had. Like, I think since before we started this podcast, to just let, let, let players do whatever they want. If they want to have steroids let them take steroids, if they want to use sticky substances, like just (laughs) let them cheat. Why not? You know? And it's just like, and then a lot of players are also getting pissed because the Astros had like the worst instances of cheating with the trash cans and and allegedly electronic devices and recording devices and Apple T Apple watches, whatever they were using and they get a slap on the wrist. Whereas like Max Scherzer like probably doesn't have any sticky substances on him, but yet he's getting, you know, patted down in the middle of a baseball game in the middle of his start because the umpires are like, Oh, gotta enforce sticky stuff. Like, come on. Like if you want to crack down on this, that's fine. Just wait. Just don't do it in the middle of the season. Like, and, and I don't know. Another thing that I've heard a lot of pitchers say, I want to say, who was it? It wasn't Jacob deGrom, but it was another big pitcher. I'm blanking on all names tonight, who was on a podcast with someone and said, you know, like when they practice their pitches, you know, they practice it with a certain level of tackiness on their hands and they know what they're allowed to get away with. And so that's what they practice with. And so now all of a sudden in the middle of the season, they have to go from having tackiness on their hands to like literally not at all and so then they have to completely change up the way they throw and their their mechanics and how they're pitching which makes sense like I don't know how lately you guys have seen a major league baseball but like they are smooth they're very very smooth <laughs> like they're just like baby There's butt smooth going on. that made me laugh so yeah but like if, if you've ever like held a, have you held made, a ball. A, a ball. Have a you hung balls? Ball. Are they very man-shaped? smooth? It is was like, yes! Major league baseballs are completely manscaped. <laughs> so, you know, and that's that's where a lot of the pitchers are coming from, where they're like, well, okay, now we're wondering whether or not we're gonna get injured because we have to completely relearn our mechanics in the middle of the season because we're not allowed to have any kind of stickiness on our hands. Like it's just the whole thing, you guys. I can't even I can't even believe I talked about it this long. It's absurd.
0: all right. This was our go off episode. Everybody deserves to be heard. Next time Max Scherzer just strip. There you go. (laughs) I mean, I would
2: watch baseball, like the, the, like, give me the dramatics, give me all of this. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's what happened in the middle of the Nats game was, you know, players and, and managers getting pissed at umpires for stopping a game in the middle of an inning. Yeah. So, I, I mean, I was always like, I'm for bat flips. I kind of like seeing the bench clearing brawls every once in a while. Um, I don't know. I remember when Bryce Harper tried to like charge at a pitcher and he just completely embarrassed himself. Like that was hilarious. He was still on the Nats at that point. Like he was trying to be a big tough guy by fighting, but he just made himself look like a goof. (laughs) Give me all of it. Like I want Brittany's version of major league baseball. I think that's the way to fix it
1: hell yeah like arena football yes (laughs) wwe style i i'd
2: be for it like instead of uh instead of bat flipping like smash a chair over to somebody's back why not who cares like i'm so i'm so jaded on baseball at the moment right joey
1: i agree oh joey's mad she's like meredith talking about baseball again (laughs) (laughs) llama just up and left the room she's like i'm not listening to this bye no, I'm just kidding. Joey actually likes baseball. The rare times that we have baseball on this television, she sits there and watches it. It's really weird. I did not raise her this way. I <laughs> raised her better than this. This is,
0: my, this is not my daughter. Oh, well, this was a marathon episode, but it was it was much needed and very good. And we didn't even talk about the Browns. Imagine that. Mm-mm. It's wild. I mean, no, there's, no. it's such a quiet off
1: season. I felt like it went great though, because we had a lot of stuff we wanted to get off our chests. for sure.
0: We will never have anything not to talk about weekly, regardless (laughs) of what sports are going on. Clearly we did this whole show in a pandemic last year, so it'll never be a problem for us. Um, So we thank you all for tuning into this long episode. Um, Thanks for listening. Uh, We, we know you guys like watching us live. We're going to continue to have live episodes. Um, tonight we weren't really feeling it but hopefully we'll see you there soon um, we do have a youtube page if you want to catch us there i'll send the link to subscribe but again you can catch our downloaded episodes on spotify apple itunes stitcher or odyssey so find us there rate and review us and we'll chat with you guys all next week